0: Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. Confidence doesn't come overnight. Isn't that the truth? I know so many of you can relate to this and that You have struggled with your body image and confidence at some point in your life. Today, our guest, Megan Ulrich Kruger, is sharing her self-confidence and body image journey. This episode is packed with tips for helping you on your self-confidence journey. If you haven't checked out the Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators swag, go do so now. I have created some fun stuff for y'all. You can find my favorites at swag.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com. Be sure to check it out and help support this podcast. There is so much to say about body image and self-confidence that we cannot fit all of it in one episode. Many women have struggled with their body at some point in their life. Today we have Megan Ulrich Kruger joining me to share her journey and what has helped her. Megan is a self-confidence coach and the founder of the Laugh It Off podcast. She is hilarious, hilarious fun, and I cannot wait to share her with you. Welcome, Megan. I am super excited to have you here with me today to talk a little bit about self-confidence. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself?
1: Hi. Yes. Okay. I'm so excited to be here. So my name is Megan Ulrich Krieger. Now I just got married in September and I have the Laugh It Off podcast. It's kind of a body confidence podcast with just a little bit of everything else sprinkled in there as well. I also have a background in uh, sexual wellness. And so I just kind of have a little bit of everything and I've been doing that now. So yeah, I'm super excited to be here.
0: So Megan and I met through Rachel Main, who I've had on the podcast before. And like I mentioned, Megan is also a peer romance consultant. So that's how our paths have led us to each other. Now, this month, I am focusing on self-confidence, and from listening to your Laugh It Off podcast, that is kind of what you focused on so far, so I thought you'd be the perfect guest to join me to talk about this a little bit more. Can you tell us a little bit about what your journey has looked like when it comes to self-confidence?
1: Yes. So, yeah, the episode that I just launched last week is my body journey as a whole, which is kind of going to just set the tone for episodes to come. But just to kind of give your listeners a background, I guess, into that. Growing up my whole life, I've always, I think I've had internal struggles with body dysmorphia, diet culture, body acceptance. But on the outside, I'm a very fun, loving, super bubbly person. So it's not something that I ever externally struggled with or really told people about literally until recently with starting my own podcast. And so just kind of going through decades worth of that diet culture and body acceptance and body image has just been such an interesting journey for me because I think for the longest time, I always thought of sharing those things as like weakness or not attractive, you know, vulnerability in general is what makes us relatable. And so getting in into the nitty-gritty with that has been really helpful with helping me share my journey. So being somebody who has always been in the mid-size plus-size range, um who has been in diet culture for the last decade or so, on and off of diets constantly, Constantly criticizing what I look like in the mirror, being somebody who I have lost weight and at my lowest weight, I still, it still wasn't good enough. Uh, I was still pushing myself to hit that extra 10 to 15 pounds. And now I look back at those pictures and I'm like, I was not even healthy at that lowest weight and relearning what health means and that health can happen at every size and that the number on this scale doesn't mean anything the number of, of of size on our clothing doesn't mean anything so really going through uh that journey is kind of what I'm in the middle of right now
0: I love it and I think so many women can relate to that one thing that really stood out in your podcast was that you made a comment about how when it comes to just eating healthy that's considered a diet like why like why is that not considered a lifestyle and a choice, and just focusing on that. That really hit home for me.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think that's kind of the concept of intuitive eating and where people get get that mixed up a little bit. So I'm on an intuitive eating journey, which is literally just listening to your body, eating when you're hungry, eating what feels good, stopping when you're full, because especially like you said for women as soon as diet culture influences that communication we have with our body it's so hard to heal our relationship with food our relationship with our body trusting our body enough to eat what fuels us and knowing that we can eat we can eat whatever we want if you aren't restricting yourself and if you're you're trusting yourself to make whatever decisions that you need to fuel your body So some days that's going to look like a totally healthy fueled food day, right? And some days it looks like eating leftover pie for breakfast and that's okay. And releasing the shame of foods being titled good or bad, because that's what we see in diet culture. And that's where we start to think, oh, this food is bad. I can't have it. So inherently I'm on a diet when if we could just have a good relationship with food, I think our lives would be so much happier.
0: What age were you when you first noticed that you were dealing with your body image? Or can you identify at what point in your life you started noticing that it was affecting you?
1: Yes, 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 yes. So uh, thank you for asking this question because this has gotten me so curious with the startup of my own podcast and having A client base of my own, I've started putting out little surveys to actually find some of this information. So for me, the first time I really remember starting to be just aware of insecurities and things I had around my body was literally fifth grade. That is like what 10 years old? And it's a combination of influences. I I don't I don't come from a family that has ever shamed my body, but when you look around If I would go shopping with my mom, she would make comments about her own body, you know, or if I would be at school and you would see somebody being picked on for their size, even in elementary school, uh, those things all shape our world. And even back then social media wasn't a thing, but even just tabloids in general, or the TV we watched, there was no mid-sized or plus size characters in any of the shows back then. And so I first remember feeling insecure about my body. In fifth grade, not wanting to go shopping with my friends because I didn't want them to know what size I was, not liking my stomach in photos. And again, this is a fifth grader. Like fifth graders shouldn't have to be worried about what they look like in photos or not wanting to go to the mall with their friends. And that's how serious some of these influences can be in our life, whether we realize it or not, whether our parents realize it or not.
0: Well, there's two things I wanted to say. First of all, with your study, at what age did most of your participants say they started having body image issues or concerns?
1: The three main questions that I was kind of looking for when I did my survey, and I surveyed over 130 women, the first age in which they started to body check. So body checking is the concept of just like checking in with your body, but not in a healthy way. It's like pulling at your your thighs, your stomach, your arm fat, whatever you're insecure about. Double checking yourself in a mirror every time you go by, overanalyzing your body in a mirror. And the average age, so that was the lowest one, everybody, the average age was 12 years old, which again is like that sixth grade range that people started feeling insecure about their bodies enough to start checking and pulling and analyzing and shaming themselves. The next one that I was interested in, because this one for me specifically was fifth grade, feeling insecure in photos. I remember it so vividly. The average age in which women started to feel insecure in photos was 14 years old. And then the average age in which they first tried dieting was 16 years old. And that is just, oh, it's so crazy. And I want everybody to know too, every one of those questions had answers that were as low as five years old. For every single one of those questions
0: it's heartbreaking that this is something that we and others deal with or have dealt with and i'm glad that we're able to bring awareness to it and talk about it so that we can help others on their journey and help with their body image but i think that parents and mothers in particular don't realize when they go into a fitting room and they look in the mirror and they're like oh i'm so fat Or they make these comments, they don't necessarily realize that that can translate into their daughter or child having body image issues as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I actually, so funny you bring this up. I had this conversation with my mom after my last episode because I mentioned this. And it was one of those things where I was like, do I warn her that I talk about her? Do I just wait and see if she listens? And I just waited to see. And she did bring it up and she was she like owned it pretty much. And she was like, you know, you started talking about family. And I was thinking in my head, but I've never body shamed her and she hasn't. And she goes, But as soon as you brought up how I felt about my own body, she was like, Oh, that does make sense. She's like, We don't realize the things we say in front of our kids. They inherently pick up whether we want them to or not. Like my mom would never want me to to raise me to be insecure. But that's just inherently what happened when I would see her body checking herself in the fitting rooms if we would go shopping or I would see her talking about what diet she's trying and even moms around us. You know you all had those those healthy moms growing up where they would only feed you like the 100 calorie packs because their their kids were always on a diet. And so yeah, it that influence is is way bigger than I think we we realize.
0: Absolutely. My my mom is going to kill me for saying this. Her and I have talked about this, but I remember she was always on a diet. She did Weight Watchers for a while, but she was always on some kind of diet. And when we talked about body image and self-confidence, she wanted to make sure that she never raised me in an environment where there was body shaming, but we didn't talk about how she was always on a diet. And she tried not to make comments about her body, but I, I know it still happened.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I I love that your mom was at least self-aware enough to, to try. I still have some of my friends' moms today where we'll like go vacationing and they'll be like, oh, I look so fat or, oh, I can't be in a swimsuit. And mind you, these are like tiny moms. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, come on, right? You know, I'm like, we are all worthy of wearing a swimsuit. None of us should be sitting here on this vacation worrying about what our body looks like. We should be here enjoying ourselves. And yeah, and I think it what was actually really important for me was my mom kind of shared some of her influences into that. And I think just because family is some of our first influences that we have. And she says that a lot of her body insecurities came from things her sisters would say to her, or about her. And so I think it's understanding to that, it can be even just like a generational pattern of shame and body insecurities. And becoming aware of it, like you said, is can be powerful. And it's up
0: to us to do that. So what was the switch for you? And why did you decide to work on this and have a have that mindset change?
1: So I love this question. I think there's a lot of answers to what kind of helped me make the switch. I have a little two step trick that I'm going to be talking about my podcast this week that like really helped me do it. But I think you have to want to do it first. And for me, it came down to, I was still on the diet roller coaster pretty much up until end of 2019, beginning of 2020 here. 2020 has been a big year of reflection. I mean, we were all stuck in our homes with nothing to do but evaluate our own, you know, thoughts, pretty much. And I had to come to terms with a lot of the ways that I felt about myself and my body. Because again, I just kind of would suppress that underneath my fun, but we like attitude for years and years and years, I would suppress a lot of those feelings and those thoughts. And 2020 was my first year to kind of come to terms with those. Because it was the year that uh, we did get married again in September. And I had to decide, do I want to diet and kill myself the whole time up until the wedding, just to probably gain a lot of it back and look back on skinny pictures of me at my wedding, you know, and I had to really decide like, no, I want I want to get married at this size because this is the size I am. This is the size I'm comfortable in. And I don't want to have to skip out on anything or shame myself for anything, for any of the fun things we do leading up to the wedding, right? I would have hated to have been on a diet at my bachelorette party or at a bridal shower. Like that's not fun. And so that was my motivation for wanting to finally like heal my relationship with my body And so that all has kind of come this year and it's kind of come with the podcast, but the actual how-to steps that have really, really helped me and solidified how I feel about myself is diversifying your newsfeed. I am a huge believer in diversifying our newsfeeds. 30% of the people who took my survey said that uh, media or social media in general is one of their biggest influences for how they think and feel about their body. And yeah, we can't control, you know, what's on the news and we can't control things like that. But we can control who we see on Instagram. We are in control of who we compare ourselves to on the internet. And so my step one to this is unfollowing anybody who makes you feel bad, who you find yourself comparing your body to her body or your even your life to her life. And you know, when you're scrolling and you're just zooming in and criticizing and like unfollow those people. Unfollow your goal body. Unfollow everybody who makes you feel like you're not good enough already. And so that was kind of step 1. And then step 2 is start following people who look the same as you, A, and then also who look different than you. So For me, that meant following a lot of plus size models and normalizing those kinds of bodies being on my newsfeed because in turn, it helped me normalize my own body. Like, oh, I have a very average body type and I've hated it my whole life. So following even just like content creators with disabilities because you can learn from them following people of color, like learning their life stories, their journeys, and just normalizing diversity in your life by diversifying your newsfeed has been the biggest pinpoint thing that I think I've done in this journey so far.
0: Do you follow Ashley Graham?
1: Um, no, but I do know who she is.
0: For some reason, she pops into mind because she is a body positive role model and a plus size model.
1: I really should honestly. It all also like this so strangely correlates to with everything that happened with like George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and just spreading our education with that. Like all of a sudden there's lists of like top 10 like plus size people of color you can follow. Like all of these lists I went through and followed all of them. And I've had to go back and refine and be like, you know, this person does drive with me or I don't really even tune into their content anymore. Like, I'm not just going to follow them, you know, to to follow them or whatever. So now I've been able to refine like, okay, what kind of content do I drive with? And getting to have that control over the media you you take in can be huge for your body journey and your mental health.
0: This is so funny, but... Recently, I went through and deleted all of the hot men on my feed, so I'm not sitting here distracted by all these hot men when I need to be focusing on, like, finding a husband and not looking at all these nice, fine bodies that I'd like to go touch.
1: Oh my god, I love that so much, but, like, honestly, that is very true as well. That is so true. (laughs) Yeah, it can go for anything. That's, like, even how I said earlier like comparing your life. It's not always comparing your body. It's comparing your life to people on the
0: internet. So confidence doesn't come overnight. It's something that you work on over a period of time. Outside of changing who you see on your social media feed, what else has helped you on your journey?
1: I think journaling. (laughs) And again, coming to terms with your own mental health and your thoughts about yourself and your body that I love to write things down. I think getting them out of your head and getting them onto, in like onto paper can be super, super beneficial. And it it helps you just really take a check of like, here's where I'm at. Instead of hiding from, oh, I'm the shame of, oh, I don't want to like come to terms with the fact that this is from my mom, or I don't want to X, Y, and Z, or I don't want to admit that I have been so like unconfident with my body for the last 10 years, like get it out, get it on paper. Cause if it's not, if it's no longer living in your head, that gives you space for such a healthier start to rebuild that relationship with your body, with with food, even if you want a food journal, you can, as long as you can do it without shaming what you eat. Again, we're here to normalize that no food is inherently good or bad. So yeah, food journaling can sometimes help. And I also think reanalyzing your relationship with the scale as well would be another point. For the longest time, I was like, oh, but it's just a check in point. It's just a check in point. It doesn't affect how I feel about my body. It does. And I do feel better when I don't weigh in. So reanalyzing what your own relationship with your scale is and kind of listening to your body and your mind and what you need with that.
0: So when it comes to the scale, I think it's a load of crap because if you're working out and building muscle, muscle weighs more than fat. So the scale may actually go up or it might not change at all, but your body composition may change a ton. The scale is useless i I hate the scale
1: Yes, I totally agree. That's one of the reasons too that i I like to say unfollow your goal body because even if you weighed the same as that girl on Instagram that you want to look like, your body probably still won't look like that because no first of all, nobody is the same. Second of all, like you said, people can weigh the same and have entirely different body types. This was my first revelation when I started weightlifting in high school. One of my good friends weighed the same as I did, but she was taller than I, and she was way more muscular and like way more thin. And I was like, wait, how do we weigh the same? And that was the first revelation where I'm like, oh what you weigh doesn't always equal like what your body looks like.
0: Well, and that's where like BMI and healthcare, like BMI gets me so upset for me. I am considered overweight based on my BMI. And I'm like, okay, if, if you look in the mirror, I have a lot of muscle. I have like a medium build, a medium sized body shape. There's a funny story behind that. And It has no correlation, in my opinion, to how I actually feel and my health level, if that makes any sense.
1: The BMI cracks me up. I think I want to make that an entire episode in itself. But yes, I think, at least I hope, and maybe again, it's just the people I follow that subscribe to this, but most of the people I talk to now have this understanding that the BMI scale is a load of crap. But yeah, because the numbers on there, they they don't even make sense. Because you'd have to be such a low number on the scale to be in whatever they call a healthy range. And at that point, if I weighed what the BMI scale said was healthy, I would have to be very unhealthy to weigh that little.
0: I remember going to the doctor. It was probably like five or six years ago. And she was like, your BMI is, you know, over 30. So you're obese. And I literally, I never went back to the doctor. That was such a bad experience for me. I was so upset. Because if you look at me, I'm not obese. I have a muscular body. Yeah, I probably was a little overweight, but the way she came at me really did not make me feel good about myself. But then on top of that, when it comes to healthcare, like, makes me really think twice about going to see a doctor, to be totally honest as a provider. Like I don't, I don't want to go there if I'm going to be judged for my body type.
1: I can't believe your doctor said that to you and used the BMI scale. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: And so as a practitioner, when I am seeing patients, I try to approach it so carefully because I have some There, there are some patients that I say, I don't believe in BMI. This is what I have to let you know. This is what it is. This is what I have to let you know. But It's such a hard topic to approach from a medical standpoint because I don't wanna body shame. I don't wanna stigmatize body shapes and body differences. And I personally really like to focus on a healthy food approach, like eating a balanced, protein-rich diet with veggies and fruits and really exercise. And not necessarily, oh, I go to the gym and spend 15 hours a week at the gym, but more I'm doing something that I enjoy. I'm moving for my cardiovascular health and all of that. But it's hard as a provider to approach patients about BMI.
1: I can only imagine. And like you said, you focusing on body movement and just a balanced diet shouldn't be considered an attack or a diet in our society, but it literally is because of how scarred So many people are from diet culture and, you know, fast fad diets and things that that has done to us that a doctor approaching you about maybe eating more vegetables like shouldn't be offensive, but it literally is now because of how scarred some of us are.
0: Now, I know this is a rhetorical question, but do you still have negative self-talk that comes up?
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I'm so excited to talk about this. (laughs) Because I think that's one of the things that held me back for the longest time about wanting to be a body acceptance advocate or wanting to share this journey with others is feeling like you have to be perfect, because you don't. Like even if you think about it, even therapists usually have therapists. Right. And so this can go both ways, just because you still have a negative thought that may pop up. And I I literally now I just call them like bad body days where I just I just don't feel great about myself. And I'm just like, you know, it's going to be sweatpants. I'm going to drink a lot of water and I'm going to feel better tomorrow. I mean, you still eat. (laughs) That's the thing. like I'm still following my intuitive eating. And even if I'm having a bad body day, there's never a day that means you do not get to eat. Okay, it doesn't matter how much you ate on Thanksgiving, you still get to eat the next day. But now instead of shaming myself for having a bad body day, I just am like, you know what? I'm just not feeling great today and and that's okay. Tomorrow is going to be better. So yeah, learning that it is a journey to love yourself, to accept yourself, and it's not necessarily a destination I think is huge.
0: I think something that I try to do when I'm having these moments of negative self-talk coming up I try to refocus that and, and change the way that I'm talking to myself at that moment. Not every day is a good day. I totally understand where you're coming from. Some days you're like, today is a bad day. I feel XYZ today. I feel fluffy today. I don't feel confident today. But tomorrow's a new day.
1: Yes. So, something that I found too with that, because I also believe in self talk, you know, affirmations, like I said, even just journaling, writing down how you feel. I think if you can find positives or focuses that aren't like body oriented. So if I'm having a bad body day, I'm not going to sit there and make myself say, oh, I love my stomach, right? Because that just may not be true in that moment. But if I can say, hey, I'm a super confident person, or I believe in myself, or I'm becoming the best version of myself, or I'm somebody that everybody likes being friends with, or, I'm really smart and I'm gonna get through this. Like, finding compliments about yourself that aren't even body related will inherently fix how you feel about your body. Cause sometimes what I think um, happens when it comes to affirmations that are like, I love my body, you know, is it becomes an internal fight of like, no, you don't. Like, yes, I do. And then you're just, you're still in this cycle of criticizing yourself. So sometimes I just let those negative, thoughts or even just impulses again to like check my stomach in a mirror or to suck in 24 7 I just let those thoughts and impulses just kind of like sit on my shoulder a little bit like it's just like a bird it's like like an intrusive thought or even like I do this with anxiety sometimes I just accept it I'm like hey I know you're there I'm not going to argue with you because I don't want to just be in this internal cycle and struggle and I'm gonna decide to focus on something else that's not even body related. That's gonna help me feel better about myself.
0: Something that I always say is like, I am really strong or I am controlling what I can control. So I may not feel good, but I'm making sure that I'm eating nutrient dense foods and nourishing my body. So that is something I kind of focus on. What are your favorite affirmations?
1: My favorite affirmations, so one of my absolute favorites, and it has nothing to do with um, body image or acceptance at all, is um, I work with positive and driven people who are always striving to do and become better. And then also, I love the affirmation, like, I am becoming the best version of myself. Because even that alone is going to help you make the decisions you need internally, subconsciously to be the best version of yourself and for the world and the universe to kind of provide the path to being the best version of yourself. Even if you don't know what that looks like yet, I think that that's okay. And then that first one I just love because it helps make sure that I'm constantly surrounded by positive people, which I think can be huge. If you're on this body journey and you still have friends that make fun of a woman for being overweight when you're at the mall. Like that's something you need to evaluate. And that's something that's saying, you know, I work with positive and driven people. Like that affirmation will kind of help you weed through the good and the bad in your life. And it doesn't mean cut them out, but maybe have a conversation like, hey, that woman is the same size as me. And you you just criticized her just for her size. You know, and so just having that conversation with the friends and family you choose to surround yourself with and say, hey, I would really just like if our friendship had positive conversations and that we just no longer make comments about people's bodies.
0: Well, and they say that you are like the five people you spend the most time with. And so really choosing who you spend time with and who you give your energy to can make a huge difference in how you feel and what is going on in your life, too. I'm a firm believer in that.
1: Yes, absolutely. I swear by that. I tell people that in my personal life. I tell people that in my business life. I think that that is so, so true. Whether, you, again, whether you believe it or not, it's it's subconscious. The five people you surround yourself with most, you be, you become like the average of them, essentially.
0: What is one thing today that listeners should do to help with their confidence?
1: I think one thing that would be super easy to do today to help your confidence is Going to be evaluating your newsfeed, evaluating the media you take in. And I I challenge you to unfollow the people that make you feel bad. And I know it's easier said than done. This can be really hard. So, for me, personal example, I was so afraid to unfollow some of those goal bodies because I was like, well, if I don't have that goal, like, what am I shooting for? I'm not going to be motivated to stay again on my diet or stay healthy or whatnot. And I think challenging yourself to get out of that mindset that like, your body right now is fine. So even if you unfollow them, and you don't ever look like them, that it that's okay. You know, knowing that it's a, that you are worthy, where you are right now, and maybe doing some of those affirmations, you know, I'm worthy of love, I'm worthy of being accepted as I am. Those are good ones, too. So yeah, I think unfollowing the people that make you feel bad. And just start following some of some of those diverse people. Like you had said earlier, Ashley Graham, like any plus size models. And as you start following these people, they'll share posts from other people and they'll Instagram will start suggesting, oh, follow five people similar to this, and you'll get the groove of who and what content drives with you and makes you feel good about yourself.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today, Megan. This has been a wonderful episode. Where can the listeners find you at?
1: Thank you so much for having me as well. I loved this conversation and I'm so excited. So my podcast again is called the Laugh It Off podcast. It's on, I think, all podcast platforms at this point. And then my Instagram handle is Megan Loves Your Face.
0: All of that will be linked in the show notes. so You can easily find Megan. Well, Megan, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping. By shopping with Pure Romance by Jordan, you are supporting this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode. And leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.